I'm Richie Suave Flores. And I'm Corey Crenshaw. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. I will not stop until we bring a Stanley Cup to the Valley. That is my goal, my commitment, and hopefully my promise to keep to all of you guys. At the end of the day, we're Coyote Nation, and we all want to win, and I sure sh** want to win. Hello, Sporty Nation. Welcome back. This is going to be our final episode of our show before we make our big move, starting October 1st, to the Hockey Podcast Network. So this is like our, our pre-preseason episode. Yes, we we got a little bit antsy and didn't want to wait for too long, so we wanted to get this to you guys as quickly as we could to try and do a little bit of something special before the season started. Yeah, so we uh, Hockey Podcast Network is where you're going to be able to find us. They're going to be pretty much on every platform you can think of. So uh, when we get closer, I'm sure we will we'll send out how you can subscribe to our show, and not only our show, but the rest of the um, all 30 other NHL team podcasts that HPN is going to provide to you guys. Um, so yeah, so October 1st is when we're going to launch, which is right prior to the season. So I think um, then we'll do our predictions and stuff like that. But for now, a couple things we want to talk about on this episode. By the way, Corey, what are we drinking today on today's episode? Yeah, if you guys <laughs> know of any wine that wants to sponsor us, we would absolutely love it. We're trying to get uh richie who is a major whiskey connoisseur Mm -hmm. we're trying to get him into wine so um if you know any wine company that would love to sponsor us and have like give us a wine to drink every episode that'd be fantastic but right now we are drinking hiatus by knocking point which is um a company that our favorite show ever arrow the star character on that the green arrow himself, Stephen Amell. He, it's his company with few others, and these are his specific wines that he created. Yes. Yeah, so this is uh, this is the first shipment. This is the August shipment, and this wine we are drinking today is called Hiatus. So it's a it's a rosé, and uh, let me do the description: rosé by Stephen Amell. Wherever your hiatus might take you, be sure to bring this delicious rosé out of Walla Walla, Washington. So, like I said, I'm not a big wine guy, but uh, let me take a sip here, and I'll provide my review. All right? How about that? We're trying to turn him into a wine guy. Yeah, so I have to... I'm a wine woman. So I have to... How do I do that? I have to do a little... I have to... Give it a little nasal... Nose here, right? <laughs> yeah, give it a little nasal... <laughs> I had to, I confess I actually had some of this last night before before uh, hand uh, very good I'm not a big wine guy but that is very 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 like right down the middle nice and easy to drink no like it's not like I'm not a big wine guy because there's too much I can almost taste like too much alcohol in it so that's all I can taste but uh, that's not the case here it's good that's some nice flavors I actually I dig it a lot well done knocking point did I do a good job of describing it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I like how you were complaining that there's too much alcohol in your alcohol, but um, <laughs> other than that, it was pretty good. Yeah, it, it's it's not too dry, it's not too sweet. It has a nice middle in it. Um, I mean, rosés are usually pretty easy to take as it is, but some people can make some really dry rosés. So that one, it one, it's a very good. It's a nice middle, and it's kind of the best of both worlds. It's a little bit fruity as well. It's it's pretty good. Yes, uh, we're not sponsored by these guys at all. We just figured we'd give you a review so you can go try it for yourselves if you want. And if any of you have a wine company, see how good we would be at rating your wines. Yeah. So, you know. We're always looking for podcast sponsors. Yes. So if you ever know anyone, send them our way. (laughs) The bottle is almost gone, by the way, Um, just so you know. But uh, I drank it with a couple, my dad and my sister last night, so the bottle was already half gone. By the time I got over here to do the show. Mm-hmm. Your dad and your sister. Uh-huh. 
Okay. Is that code for I was sitting watching TV, drinking wine all night? No, that's not true. No. Okay. Okay. Not true at all. I had a nice pizuki for for dessert instead. Pizuki. Not pizuki. Okay, we'll leave, we'll save that for another time. We'll save that for another time because yes. we, uh, we want to get to hockey. I think yes. we should do that. We should do that. So a couple of things we want to talk about on this episode. Number one, since the last time we talked to you, the Coyotes officially have a brand new owner in Alex Marullo. So we'll talk about him and what we think he might bring to the team and what we thought of his press conference and um, some big news related to the Coyotes that happened in the past week that I'm super excited about. We'll explain why in a minute. And then also we will get to some predictions about um, what kind of lineup we might expect from Rick Tockett on opening night, who might play with Phil Kessel. And then, of course, the goaltending situation between Antti Ranta and um, Darcy Kemper. But should we let's start with let's start with Alex Marullo. Um, should we start with your most exciting news? Yeah, we can do that. Because I just feel like that is the most relevant thing that's happened, and it's the most exciting thing to happen to you recently. Yes. So I figured coming from someone that is in the know, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. would be the best way to start this off because you have a day job that if everyone doesn't know about that is on Fox Sports 910. Mm-hmm. He is one of the freaks on The Freaks with Kenny Crash. Mm-hmm. He is Richie Suave himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he, you've got to tune into that stuff. Richie, uh, you haven't done your, um, where you've put on your cap and your pipe and everything in a while on the show, but he's still very, very entertaining. Yeah, thank you very much. One to four every weekday, Monday through Friday on Fox Sports 910. Which is, as of this week, and starting come the season opener, Fox Sports 910 will be your new home for the Arizona Coyotes on your radio. So if you're driving around before the game, after the game, during the game, you can listen to every single game, home and road, on Fox Sports 910, pregame, postgame. And you can also listen to it on the iHeartRadio app. And uh, the cool thing related to that is that um, the Coyotes also announced that there's going to be a 24-7 channel just related to the Arizona Coyotes. So if for whatever reason we don't talk about the Coyotes on our shows every day, um, you can open up the iHeartRadio app and then you can listen to Coyotes content whenever you want to. So uh, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, More opportunities for me to cover the team. So um, I, I'm super excited and I, I had no idea this was going to happen to you, which is the crazy thing. Yeah. That's what, it was really nice for you. Cause out of anyone, obviously it was, I mean, Richie got to go into work and have, oh my gosh, I need to look this up. So I make sure to say their name correctly because they are not the Paw Patrol anymore. They would be the Coyotes crew, the Coyotes crew. Thank mm. you. Um, and so I knew it had something to do with crew, but I just couldn't remember huh. how to start it. But yes, yeah, so the Coyotes crew came into Richie's work in the morning. We're throwing t-shirts. He uh, did get a t-shirt, but he also aptly got hit in the face before yes. he got he caught the t-shirt. So he caught it with his face. And um, so he got to experience all of that. And he got to learn that he was going to talk more about Coyotes. And that is always an exciting thing. It's an exciting thing. For me, as someone who's been on the show a few times and has had to argue with one of their co-hosts, Clancy, who's a basketball freak and isn't the biggest hockey person, and Richie and I would shove hockey down his throat. Mm -hmm. So now that the station as a whole is going to be shoving hockey down his throat, it's really a dream come true for me. So um, I'm pretty excited about that honestly. So I'm really glad that you guys are taking over for this and being able to have all this experience. I mean, it's great that they, that there's going to be 24 seven podcast on, um, iHeart radio on it. I mean, if you ever want to also hear just coyotes talk this season as well, we will be around. So, um, you know, Richie, you are like a coyotes warrior. You are on both fronts. 
Yes. You were on the day front and the night front with Sporty. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, the more hockey, the better. That's what I say. Yes, I agree. I actually was in a conversation with someone on Twitter about that. And that the more hockey minds, the more hockey voices in Arizona, the better. Exactly. And I think that's a great segment to move on to our brand new owner, who is mm-hmm. definitely a hockey mind and a hockey force in this state. I mean, he's already cursed in his first press conference. You probably heard it in our intro here earlier. We uh, loved it so much that we had to let it in there. And because uh, this man is very passionate and let's just say he sure is wants to win. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. We're not on HPN yet. So we can say sure. I can say sure as shit. Yes. I can't say sure as shit once we go to HPN. We have to bleep me out or um, something of that sort. We have, well, uh, you know, certain words we're not allowed yeah, to say. It's, it's like radio. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, for right now, I will say we that we sure as shit want to win. He sure as shit wants to win. And you can also go by at. Um, Yotes Games sure as shit shirts. Yes. <laughs> so that was way too many S's. I'm sorry. Uh, too many SHs. Sure mm-hmm. as shit want to win. Yes. Shirt. <laughs> yes. Um, I was really impressed with his first press conference that he did earlier or last month, earlier this month, whenever it was. Jesus. When was it? We're losing time here. Yeah, August 1st. Yeah, so earlier this month, the very beginning of this month. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I I was really impressed with what I heard. I actually wrote a blog about it. You can go read it, foxsports910.com, just to you know, plug that. If Richie hasn't plugged it enough. Yeah, um, and, I, and, I, <laughs> and, I, and I talked about how he is bringing something that this team hasn't had since they came here, really, which is an owner – who is passionate about this team. And that's what I took away from that press conference is you could tell when he was on that stage talking about this team, he was passionate about it. Like there's no other owners that are going to be dropping S bombs talking about their team. You could tell he was excited that he was not only an owner of a professional sports team, but he was the, he like, he like takes pride and buying assets assets that are, you know, not as good and turning them around. That's been his entire business life, and it's turned him into a billionaire. So hearing that passion from him on that stage was really awesome to hear. And I'm excited. I'm excited to have him on board because he was very, very key. And he talked about this. You know, we, we talked to um, – we had uh, uh, Rich Naren from the team and and Aaron Cohen from the team on the station earlier this week, and they talked about how Alex Marulo was pretty key in the Phil Kessel acquisition. He was the guy who signed the dotted line. He was like, all right, you can go and make this trade to bring in this money because we're going to win. Well, and let's also note the fact that he brings in that money as mm-hmm. well, and that's some money that we've been missing and I mean, just to give you a little background on him, he's 55. He's a Cuban American, and uh, he started a um, Latino type of pizza restaurant at age of 23, and then has been going on to do a ton of stuff afterwards. I mean, within five years, his mm-hmm. his business La Pizza Loca um, had opened 12 locations and reached 10 million in sales. So that was, he was what, 28 by then. He's already got 10 million in sales. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome, I have to say. And then he also has grown into a construction and real estate development firm, the Morello Group, which I would like to point out construction and real estate. Let's all point out that we need some certain <laughs> construction and real estate, but we'll come back to that. And then he also has an ownership of, Neil Electric Corp, Select, Select Electric Inc., and Dottie Bros within the Southern California area. He also has a Spanish language independent television station. He also has multiple radio stations. Um, and then also the Grand Sierra Resort in Reno, Nevada. 
He also has Fuji Foods. And then the only thing that he has had that has failed was he took over a uh, Trump Plaza Hotel and <laughs> Casino and it closed the following year. Uh, we both will not go into that, but yeah, we that can, wasn't his fault. Talk to can, the other guy. We can see why. Um, and then he, um, the SLS Las Vegas, formerly known as the Sahara Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, he purchased in 2017. And he's turning that into a, uh, a destination for the Hispanic community to come to in Las Vegas. And he, and he, well, let's also mention the fact that he has a freaking island. He has an island, guys. <laughs> so uh, if this man has an island, he can help us acquire massive people like Phil Kessel. Just saying. So I just wanted to give you guys a background on the fact that this guy has a massive background in intelligence and so many different things, including real estate and construction. And I'm just going to keep dropping that in there. And um, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to radio stations, when, mm -hmm. he com when it comes to television. Like he has taken a business. He started with his dad's tuxedo business and then created his own pizza business. And so he has the business mindset to really push this team far and has the experience, um, you know, with just so many different things that he's so well-rounded. Basically, he is the person that every school in America tries to make everyone, mm -hmm. but don't ever really accomplish. Yeah. He has done that on his own, just with his own things that he's acquired throughout his life. Right, right. And yeah, I thought it was interesting too, that he, one of the first things he said in his press conference was, he was like, listen, we know this team has lost money in the past. And like to hear an owner say that and be that like honest and that open with the fan base is something that you almost never hear. Right? Yeah, no, that's it. He was extremely honest with the fan base. It was it was very interesting because of the fact that he's from New York. He's got a lot of stuff in um, California. So it's really interesting. A lot of people are thinking, oh, well, he doesn't have a lot of roots here. Is he really going to mm -hmm. invest in Arizona and Arizona hockey? But he was very passionate about Arizona hockey and very passionate about the fans and the fact that he believes in this state and he believes in this community. And he was so passionate about it that you could actually feel it off of him mm -hmm. and that's really hard to do in a press conference with someone brand new that you've never seen yeah. before and don't really know much about other than what you've read you know he's got an extensive wikipedia page but like you don't yeah. really know who he is as a person so to be able to get that feeling off of just a press conference was really nice i mean it he had and part of it too is you look at it and he had in 2011, he had tried to get ownership of the Atlanta Hawks and um, he, from the team's then owners, Atlanta spirit, and he was turned down, but he, uh, so you would think too, oh, well, he's already tried to purchase a, a basketball team. Like he probably doesn't really care. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a thought that I think some people had coming into it, but I think he proved at least 90% of those naysayers wrong with that press conference. Yeah, I think, I think so too. So now it's just like a matter of like, he has a lot of work to do with this team. I think we can, you know, both agree with on that as far as obviously the on ice product is great, but um, he's got to work on, you know, growing the fan base in, and his number one priority has to be getting a new arena, which you already alluded to. Um, and like you Real said, Real estate and construction. Exactly. It's that's and it seems to me that he's kind of got the background in that and between him and Aaron Cohen, you know, that's a good that's a good like one two punch of, of business acumen and that would, you know, is perfect for getting a new arena, which is vital for the, the team success here, because I think it was um, earlier this week where we saw some headlines where um from AZ Central, and they wrote a piece where basically Marula was like, listen, Glendale's not going to work. Like, we're pretty much done with Glendale. And so they know it, the NHL knows it, and time is running out. Like, they have to figure out a solution and get something done in the next couple of years. You know, like, I think 
they have two years to come to an agreement to get this team to move somewhere else in the Valley or, or they're going to be forced to leave the state. And it's unfortunate, but I, I think there's a, there's at some point there's gotta be a timeline. Like, listen, if you can't figure out a way to finance this arena, then we got to look elsewhere. Well, that's what I think it, Glendale and as a whole with how much pushback Glendale has given to the coyotes and to the arena in the first place has been so blown out of proportion for so long that mm-hmm. it was it's been so obvious that they've been needing to leave for a very long time and the the fact that Glendale itself gave the team so much bad PR with their own problems I also think was not fair to the team for a long period of time I mean that's a whole nother topic on itself but I think the city handled the team in the arena very poorly for a very long Mm -hmm. time and that in a lot of senses once the team leaves you're not gonna be able to fill that arena with you know concerts and all of that stuff so I think that's their own problem and that the coyotes kind of need to move on to greener fresher pastures and really get more centralized because they are so far on the west valley Mm -hmm. that it's hard for a lot of people and let's all be honest with ourselves hockey is not cheap Mm -hmm. it's never been a cheap sport there's a lot of and in general there's a lot of funding that goes that's involved in it but here in arizona ice time is expensive really really expensive so um, in order for anyone to, you know, so you have all those, the youth community of hockey in the state is growing so exponentially, but they're all more in the central and East Valley. Yeah. And you have more people that would rather go to practices at Ice Den than would want to drive all the way over to Glendale. So getting them centrally more East located, I think is a big thing for this team. And, um, you know, I, my, my day job is in Scottsdale, and when I drive over to the arena at night, it takes me a good hour and a half. Yeah. If really horrible traffic, two hours. So I can only imagine. And so I think that him having the business mindset, the team has tried before. They've hired someone to try mm-hmm. and find um, a new arena, a new location. I think that this is the first time that there's actually someone in there that can make waves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the team's been needing for so long. And the fact of being able to not only know how to look at a place to build an arena, how to acquire that space, how to work all the deals. He's done all of that Mm -hmm. already. So I think that it won't be anything new for him and it'll just be kind of a step in his process. And I think mostly now he's probably just trying to figure out where the best location would be. Yeah. And that's another thing that I really like from the press conference too, is that I got from it is that's going to be his main focus. Like he is not Robert Sarver. He is not going to be day to day in the hockey operations. He said multiple, multiple times during the press conference, listen, I trust the two guys sitting next to me, Aaron Cohen and and John Chaika, to do their jobs. And that's very, very important because if he were to be a Robert Sarver type, this it would fail, right? It would yeah. 110% fail. It's not going to work. But if he's just focused on, on the business side of things, then the Coyotes would be better for it. If he's just focused on getting a new arena – then the Coyotes would be better for it. Um, and that, and obviously growing that excitement around the team that is expected to be pretty good this year, you know, expected to make a run for the playoffs um, is very important. And like one more thing on this before we move on is that I thought was really cool in the press conference too, is he was like, Hey, uh, I'm going to take a second to speak Spanish. I thought that was a, a great kind of, reaching out to the Hispanic community here in Phoenix, which we just don't really get much of, especially in, especially in hockey, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's not, I mean, obviously Austin Matthews came from a Mexican American family. Um, I don't know if you knew that or not, but um, so, you know, there's, that has one that, that can grow and imagine growing your fan base from, you know, one of the biggest populations here in the state, which is the Latino community. 
that's huge. That's a huge untapped thing that if the Coyotes tap into, then you have a sold out building every night. If they can grow that fan base from them and through, through winning on the ice, basically, that's how you're going to get people out to the rink. Well, I mean, in general, hockey is such an all-inclusive sport in the fact that everyone can enjoy hockey. It's got a little bit of something for everyone. So I think it's great that, like you had said, that he is able to reach out to some people that may not ever really experience the Coyotes or experience hockey that much and be able to grow that fan base is also a massive part of it because I think in the end, this entire state, there's such a large market here and the market is growing in the fact that there's so many opportunities for this team to just have sold out games all the time. Mm -hmm. And that um, I think this is the correct direction to be going in. And I mean, I think the Kessel acquisition was also massive in that because it gained a lot of hype for the team. And I think it was something in, and let's point something out here. There's a totally large difference between what, um, is good for a team and what is good for a fan base. Mm-hmm. So Kessel is great for the team, but he's even more amazing for a fan base because it's someone you can rally behind. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. It's kind of like um, Granky. When Granky came, he obviously, as he's just been traded, he did not perform at the level that the Dimebacks wanted him Mm -hmm. to. However, the moment he was acquired and he was coming in, there was merch that had Grinky's name Mm -hmm. on it flying off the shelves. It really does uh, wonders for a fan base and the fact that it gets people behind a team. So I, this has actually been really great for them because I feel like this is the most hype that the team has gotten leading up to a season simply because of the big, moves are making you know you acquire kessel mm-hmm. you go well you go from a relatively quiet draft to acquiring kessel mm-hmm. to a brand new owner with brand new fresh ideas mm-hmm. and then you move to a new radio station it was very much like this team is trying to bring in fresh new ideas mm-hmm. and is wanting all these people to follow behind it and everyone is i think it's really cool to see how much people are really coming behind this hype. Yeah. And it started at the end of last year too. And we saw that, that there was starting excitement, starting to build as they were, you know, chasing that playoff spot that they unfortunately didn't get because, you know, of a bad road trip and a bad loss to the Kings, but we don't want to get into that, do we? Oh, I was very sad. I've also gotten into running ever since that day, which has been good for my health but I feel like bad for my mental state because I hate running <laughs> but I like after that I after that game I've literally been running ever since because the anger I think just kept coming well, with me ever since well yeah hopefully hopefully when the team is good to start the season uh, you'll still be running but it'll be like a happy running yeah it'll be more like a trot yes yeah like I'm horse um by the way I'd like to update this point nation I finished my glass of wine oh yay good job Richie thank you I'm uh, considering I'm not the wine guy. It's finishing glass of wine. Very nice. Mm-hmm. One of these days, uh, I'll get you into whiskey too. We'll we'll work on it. Maybe we'll do, we'll switch off. We'll do like a, a wine show and a whiskey show. Uh-huh. Wine show and a whiskey show. Yes. That means we also need a whiskey sponsor. Find yes. us a whiskey sponsor. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, let's move on now to what we speaking of Phil Kessel. Perfect segue um, to kind of what we expect as far as what Rick Tockett has in store for the lineup this year. And we want to focus on two different things. We're not going to go through all four lines and we're not going to go through the defense. That's boring. You guys wouldn't want to listen to us talk about that for 20 minutes. And also too, we, we kind of talked about it and Tockett is such like a, a blender, a smoothie type of person. I like smoothies the best. So I chose <laughs> that. That was my favorite thing I think of that you could put in a blender. Like his team is kind of a smoothie. He just kind of blends it all together. Mm-hmm. And whatever he thinks is working the best at the time is kind of where he goes with things. So even if we were to go through all of it, we're not really sure any of it would stick. Anyways. Yeah, exactly. So we want to focus on 
look, we do know that Phil Kessel likely is going to play on the quote-unquote top line for the Coyotes this year. So we want to try and figure out, like, what do we think is best as far as who his other two line mates should be? Because I've seen some people on the Twitter, and they kind of go back and forth with, like, who should center the line, who's going to play on the wing. And uh, I, I thought we should we should talk about that. And then we also want to talk about, which is, to me, maybe the biggest question mark about heading into this season is what are they going to do about the goaltending situation? Who's going to play the most games? How much is each guy going to play between Kemper and Ranta? So we'll get to that in a minute. But um, So we know Phil Kessel is going to be your... I want to take a minute here to point out that, yes, he does say the Twitter. He doesn't say Twitter like every normal person. He says the Twitter. Yes, that is a normal thing for him. So if you're a first-time sporty listener, he says the Twitter. I don't even know I, I said that. Like, yeah, I don't... you said I've I've heard people or I've seen people on the Twitter. That's so I just had to call you out on that. There, the Twitter. It's because he's he favors Twitter way too high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're mean. So my co-host, my co-host on Kidding Crash are the same way, and they made fun of me last week because I couldn't pronounce something, and I felt really bad. What was it again? I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, well. Uh, oh, oh, it was it was a wine. He's yeah. not a wine guy, so the fact that like he couldn't pronounce the name of a wine and it's not really, yeah, no, eh. It's more funnier that you like you think so highly of Twitter that you call it the Twitter. It was more me kind of laughing at you thinking that highly of Twitter. Yeah, I don't even I didn't even know I said it, but yeah, it, I'll say it Twitter from now on on Twitter. No, I'm not making fun of you. I just wanted to point that out that he thinks very highly of Twitter. I do. It's my favorite platform. I'm on there way too much. If you go to my if you go to my my phone, and uh, and you go to the thing on here, the. Uh, the screen time? Oh, I was like, what thing? The screen time? Let's see. Looking it up. This is great radio, isn't it? This is great radio. You will see that um, over to, in the last seven days, the last seven days, I've spent 13 hours on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, no. that, that Mine's probably an 18th of that. Yes. Um, so like, that's how much I like that. That's how much I like Twitter. Are you looking at yours now too? Yeah, I don't even know what screen time. I don't even know how to get to it. What is it? Oh, this? This, right? Y- yeah, there you go. Mine's Instagram. 33 minutes on Instagram. That's Yeah, so that's an ego last seven days. Yeah, see, mine's Instagram. Yeah. I Instagram and text people. Yeah. Instagram messages. There you go. Okay. Oh my gosh. See, look, Twitter is all the way down here at the bottom. One hour. I do that in a day. Yep. Great. It's my, folks, it's also my job to be on Twitter constantly. So I'm just like, anyway, who should play with Phil Kessel? We go on more freaking diatribes <laughs> on this show. That's what we should get feedback. If you guys, I should do a poll, whether you guys hate them or love them. Like, let, if you're listening to this, let us know. Actually, go on the Twitter and uh, let us know if you like our little antics or not. Or if once we go to HPN, if we need to start cutting back on them. <laughs> Yeah, so who should play with Phil Castle? Let's get let's finally get to that. Yes. Because I we disagree. Mm-hmm. We disagree, which we don't do too often on this show, but we do once in a while, and this is one of those cases. I'll let you go first. Who do you think should play with Phil Castle on the top line? Well, well let's let's first start actually with your first line and then I will tell them what why I disagree with your first line. Ah, okay. Sure. I feel like that's kind of a better segue into my issue. Sure. So I have Phil Kessel playing with Derek Stepan centering the top line because we all know that Phil Kessel, not very good defensively. Derek Stepan is your best two way center, I'd argue. So I, that's why I want him to center that line. And then I want, I would like to, on the other wing, be Clayton Keller. Because, um, number one, Derek Stepan has usually, for the most part, had pretty good chemistry with Clayton Keller in the past. And, um, and Clayton Keller is also a very good setup man. I think he's more of a, a setup man than he is a a pure goal scorer. 
So you have your two-way center, you have your finisher in Phil Kessel, and then you have your your Clayton Keller, who's your puck possession kind of distributor of the puck to get Phil Kessel the puck so he can score. So that would be that would be my ideal top line. So this was my issue that I had with it. I did not agree with Keller. I do agree that him as a player mm-hmm. is much more of a playmaker. Mm-hmm. 100% how he is going to evolve in his career and where the direction he is going to go in will always be a playmaker. Right. However, this team needs more goal scorers. And so in the fact that it's it's great if that could be one line, that would be a fantastic line, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you would be loading up your first line so densely right. that you're not leaving enough underneath it. I would put him on the second line because I would be putting him in the position because of the fact that this isn't always, this is the NHL. You mm-hmm. can't always play the way that you were most made for, or it's like, you know, if you are a star at whatever it is that you do and they build a team around you, you can do that. But in a situation like this, he has to step up. He has to start mm-hmm. burying the puck. He had his nice little slump, but he has to come back and start being a goal scorer. I don't think that is where his happy place is per se. Like yeah. I still think, like you said, that he is best as a playmaker. However, I do think that he needs to be stepping it up this season and he needs to produce. And that's why I think he should be forced to. And I don't basically sack it the hell up and be able to be what the team needs him to be. And I think that would be on that second line and being that goal scorer. So that way you at least have those two lines that are solid for bearing the puck because of the fact that goal scoring was so low last season. Yeah, see, that's one of the things that I, I really like about the, the way that John Trika has constructed this lineup. I really do think their depth is is really good. So you can – their distribution of scoring is is pretty good. Like last year, your leading goal scorer was essentially a bottom six player in Brad Richardson, right? You also have to factor in the injuries as well, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah, to Michael, like, yeah, Michael Grabner is coming back, hopefully, you know, full force. Nick Schmaltz coming back full force this year. So that's going to make their lineup have even more depth. Depth. That was the other word that Kenan Crash. Depth. That, yeah, Kenan Crash were making fun of me for. I said, apparently, I can't say that word correctly. Depth. Depth. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, I got it that time. So that's one of the things that I really like about this team is that. From line one to line four, there isn't a whole heck of a lot of drop-off in any of those lines. And yes, they now have their goal scorer and Phil Kessel, but um, I don't think it's really that big of a deal. Their lineup, there's enough players on this team to where distributing their scoring isn't going to be that big of a problem, which is why putting Clayton Keller on that top line isn't that, that big of a problem to me. You have other guys that can fill in that second line and and do just as good so who would so if you want keller on the second line then who would you put on on the top line i'd put grabner because of the fact that i think that eventually we may be able to get keller to the point where he would be on that line i think going into the season you need to start pushing him because if he gets complacent that's Mm -hmm. not where he's going to want to be in his career and that's not where he's going to want to be on this team yeah for one for two having the fact that Grabner and Schmaltz are coming back into this after, you know, after so many injuries, I think that it's going to take a little bit of time in the beginning of the season to get the footing of this team back together because Mm -hmm. this team is a really, like you had said, is a really good team depth wise. However, it hasn't been put together this way for an entire season because everyone's been so in and out the entire season. So I think this team last year was going to be a stellar team when everyone was healthy. So I think this year, then plus their, you know, obviously their addition of Kel- of Kessel. Mm-hmm. Kessel, Keller, Kessel, Keller, Kessel, Keller. 
I'm going to get that mixed up in my mind. There's too many K's here in yeah, when I'm sports. Coming, too many K's between Cliff, Kyler, Kessel, and Keller. Yeah, that actually should be a shirt. That There you go. That sh- I should make a shirt out of that. Yeah, and you put their faces on it. Now that's a little bit creepy. <laughs> You're just walking around everywhere you go. They're just staring at you. But okay, I digress. But um, I'm sorry. I'm the most like ADD person ever. I'll go on random tangents. But so I I agree with it. I just think that they need that time. And I think eventually things can get moved around. And I mean, again, like we had said, talk it really likes to move things around. So it'll all just all this stuff is pure speculation. And once they get on the ice and we also haven't been seeing what they're seeing how he's feeling about the guys, how Mm -hmm. they're all getting along together. Um, And if you've never heard me before, I am, uh, I grew up around hockey here in Arizona and I am a massive proponent of chemistry on the ice because I've seen it in action all of my life of just knowing people and knowing how I can tell you how different people that certain people would be terrible on a line with one person, one person be great on a line with another person simply because certain people just like any other job can't work together. So part of it is we also aren't there seeing how well uh, Kessel works with others as well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he came from a team where they would move people that were third liners up to his line in order for him to work with them because they were doing well at that time and he was helping elevate them. So I think it's really kind of up in the air. What we're saying is very, I don't know, is very kind of what off the bat, what we would say, but there's so many different variations that can come out of the season. Yeah. And we still don't know like what, I think the big question mark I've seen is whether or not Barrett Hayton's going to make this team. Yes. We'll leave that for, um, you know, as we get closer to the season and see how he does in training camp, but there's still a lot of question marks um for for the forward group but let's move on to the the uh, goaltending situation this goaltending situation i feel like is going to be the toughest because of the fact that kemper put up hell of a season he looked fantastic but then at the same time you feel like you have to give ronta that opportunity to show that he needs a spot back. Right. So I, like, it hurts in a way because of how much you have to give Kemper credit. I would I would start with Ronta, and if uh, he really shits the bed, I would give it back to Kemper. Yeah, I, uh, to me, Auntie Ronta is your starter this year. Plain and simple. Darcy Kemper... Had a great season last year. I think he should have been nominated for the Vesna, but I think there's an East Coast bias there. But I won't yes, go into that. I think we all saw that he, at the end of the season, got tired. He just played way too much. He he played at one point like twenty straight games or something like that down the stretch without being spelled. Um, I think one time. I think his the only time he didn't start was the very last game of the season. And and somebody else started in that who I don't remember at the moment because he's no longer a coyote. Well and that's and that's part of the difference too is this season having two healthy goalies that are of that caliber will help in the fact that it will allow for a lot more rest this season mm-hmm. than last season. Last season was the the biggest marathon I think Kemper has ever had to deal with and may ever have to deal with right. again so i think it's going to be a lot better for the team like as a whole just having to but i mean in the end i still say ronta yeah i, I do too so darcy played in 55 games last year for the coyotes and he put up some ridiculous stats 233 goals against 925 save percentage 27 wins he had a great season um Auntie ronta only started in um, 12 games before he was hurt. His numbers were pedestrian, 288 goals against, 906 save percentage. But the year prior, he had a big season with the Coyotes. 
224 goals against 930 save percentage back in 2017, his first season with the Coyotes. So to me, Ronta is your guy. And the beautiful thing that Rick talked again, he's talked about flexibility, is you basically have two starting goaltenders on your team. So what you can do is he can mix and match. He can basically play the hot hand for most of the season, right? And and you're not going to have a lot of drop off between the two the two goalies because they're you know they're very similar on on in terms of their their stats you know over the last you know couple of years. So in my mind what I would do is you're looking at a true tandem situation, which is what some other teams around the NHL have done. I think the Islanders did it last year, a couple other teams. And, um, and that's something that like hurt the Tampa Bay lightning last year. I thought when they got swept in the playoffs was Andre Vasilevsky played way too much. Um, and then they should have, I'm looking it up real quick. Cause I'm, I'm curious to see how much he played. Because um, his backup last year was somebody that we know very well here in the desert. Louis Domingue was his backup last year. So hang on just a second. I'm sorry. I gotta, I'm trying to find out how many yes, games Yes, the one that I always – that was my favorite thing, having to explain to people. They're not booing. They're just saying, Lou. They're not booing. Yeah. That was always the funnest thing is everyone would be like, why are people booing him? I'm like, they're not booing him. Yeah, so this is uh, – so he only played 53 games last year, which I thought he would have played more. Actually, he played 65 games in 2017. So I think that's your number. I think like a, a 55, you know, 35 split in terms of who gets the starts is, is I think where you want to be um, at least, at least. Um, I don't think we'll get a 40-40 situation where we'll have guys, we'll have going back and forth because you can't develop any um, consistency if you do that. I, I think it will highly favor Ronta, but then it will, Kemper will be, in there for those breaks that Ronta needs and that, yeah, like you said in the fact that if, you know, he thinks that uh, Kemper is going to be hotter against a certain team, he'll probably do Mm -hmm. that. Or if Ronta is just not in a good place at that time. And I, it, like I was saying earlier for a team's perspective, having this problem is a good problem to have. Oh, absolutely. 110%. It's putting Rick Tockett and John Chica in the perfect Perfect situation. So that to me is probably the most interesting thing heading into the season is how, how often those goalies are going to play. And uh, as we get uh, into the season, we'll have our friend uh, Kat on, of course, to discuss this situation. So I'm curious like where where she's at. I know she's a huge fan of Auntie Ranta. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm not going to speak for her, but I'm, that's who I think she would pick. But And I mean, if you want some more in-depth stuff on goaltending and goaltending across the NHL and everything, you have to check her out. Her name's Catherine Silverman. I will find her Twitter handle shortly. Is there anything you want to say about no, her? No, yeah, it's Cat, Cat, Cat M. Silverman. You should know this by I, now. Cat M. Silverman. Yes. Oh, you see, the thing is when I tweet at her, I do the at, and then I do cat, and then it just pops up. Yeah. So I never have to do anything past cat. Exactly. Yeah. So you can follow her for the goaltending stuff this year. It's going to be very, very fascinating. Uh, yeah. She does amazing stuff, and uh, she gives you an insight that is very rare from journalists. So um, if you are interested in more goalie type stuff, Please check her out. We'll have her on sometime this season. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I think we're good. I think we're at the point where uh, we have, we're done talking your ears off. We hope you enjoyed our little update before the season starts here. We can't wait. It's going to be so much exciting things. We're going to drop a new logo. We're going to. Oh, yes. Yeah. We have a bunch of new stuff coming for uh for our new little home, I guess you would say. And so uh, we're excited to have you all along for the ride. And please, if you uh, if you love us, invite your friends and keep growing the sporty community as big as possible. And like we said, there's going they have all of the teams covered on HPN. So I'm not sure why you would really want to listen to any of the other teams. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> in case you did care about anyone else outside of the Coyotes, which seems odd to me 
But um, in case you do, they have all of those covered and uh, you can go and check all of them out. Yeah. And you can follow the uh, network on Twitter. It's at HockeyPodNet. They are doing some giveaways up until we launch on October 1st. So you can follow them and try and win those things. Um, Yeah, I think we're done. Uh, Yeah. uh, Thank you to knocking point again for being our not sponsored <laughs> wine to get us through this episode it's yeah, very no. delicious yeah no we still have a little bit left definitely not sponsored Richie paid for that completely <laughs> but if you guys do i love wine so mm-hmm. trying to get richie into the wine if anyone also if anyone has any good recommendations on wine let us know so i can try and get Richie to start drinking more wine and uh yeah maybe you know we can have a random not on hbn but on our sporty channel a nice wine drunk like coyotes talk with you guys <laughs> you never know we'll we'll have you guys send in some questions we'll do some oh, some wine be... some wine drunk uh podcast that would be great yes that would be great i heard the hangover with wine is terrible so i'm not looking mm, forward wonderful to headaches yeah not looking forward to that which is why i don't really drink a lot of wine anyway we're done uh thank you so much for listening to this uh kind of last episode of sporty 1.0 next time you'll hear us we'll be on the hockey podcast network come october so thank you so much for listening Corey. last word before we say goodbye uh stay sporty even though we're going to uh hpn because you know we will always be sporty we'll be still doing some random stuff on the side that's just you know our normal weird sportiness that is us and uh let's go yotes because we sure as shit want to (laughs) win good night and good hockey everybody (laughs) 